My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other it is a Wednesday before a major championship, and we are majorly excited here on Fairway Road. <laughs> this is the Golf Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by our friends at Callaway Golf, who are currently running a great promotion on the ERC Soft Yellow Golf Balls. This is in conjunction with the initiative by Jack and Barbara Nicholas, the Play Yellow campaign. They're trying to raise $100 million for children's hospitals across the country over the next five years. Callaway is doing its part now through the end of the month, through May 31st. Callaway is donating $4 for every dozen of ERC soft yellow golf balls sold. You can do uh, that online. You can go to participating retail locations. The Play Yellow campaign is fantastic. You got to get in there. My friends, I am your starter, Joe House. This is your PGA Championship preview where we go deep on the data and the analytics and try and come up with some angles for you as you consider how to allocate your capital. You consider your DFS lineups. You consider your fantasy lineups. You consider your one and dones. We are here to serve you, my par-saving pals. Today's show, of course, we have from the 15th Club, the analytics guru himself, formerly the guy who ran data at the Golf Channel. He's now doing the same thing as the head of content at the 15th Club. Justin Ray is here to repeat his outstanding performance at the Masters, where he helped us really navigate the rough terrain of Augusta National. We're looking at an even longer 
and tougher terrain here at Beth Page Black. Of course, our beloved homie, Harry Gagnon from Against All Odds is helping us against all odds try and pick a handful of winners, some props that we like. The first tee is open, my friends. Let's go let out a little shaft. Ladies and gentlemen, now on the tee from Houston, Texas, playing out of Dubs Dread Golf and Country Club, he is the driving range ball picker consultant, Justin Ray, welcome to Fairway Rolling. Thank you for that introduction. Major championship oh, weekend, help it be fired up. Oh my God, my God, my guy. I was so excited. I, I reached out to you last week. I said, we got to run it back. We had such a great uh, conversation on the eve of the Masters. This is the time when all of our uh, par-saving pals out there want to take their deep dive into the analytics. They want to hear the angles. They want to know who's going to win this golf tournament this week, Justin Ray. And uh, I know that you and I don't know the answer to that because if we did, we would not be having a podcast about it. We would be somewhere else, uh, you know, raking in uh, the, the, the riches. But we're going to do our best to give out some very good guidance. I have been enjoying the 15th Club content this week as you've done some some preview stuff uh and i don't want to step on any of your work that is uh to come through the balance of the week but i know that you're ready with many uh uh you know interesting aspects considerations for all of our friends out there to use as they kind of evaluate um who they might put on their on their fantasy pools their dfs lineups um, maybe allocate a little capital, a couple bucks here or there to some names. Um, let, let's set the stage here, though. Uh, we have to start, if you don't mind, with um, you know the, the, the way we started the Masters, which is uh, taking a look at the venue and trying to come up with a handful of performance measures that will, will uh, you know, perhaps be indicative of help us sort of narrow down this huge field, 156 golfers in this field, Justin. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm most interested in is seeing how the kind of nasty weather we've had uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, how it's going to impact what's already a really difficult golf course. Um, you know, this isn't a place where short hitters are going to have a lot of success in the first place. And you add some rain to that, into that mix. And it's only going to make it more difficult for guys who are, uh, you know, average length or below average length. I mean, it's going to be a really tough week for, the club pros out here, I think it's going to be there's going to be a huge disparity in scores. So if you see a couple of uh, mid 80s by the club pro guys uh, who are out on the course, um, you know don't knock them because it's going to be really tough conditions. Um, you know, but I will say that players have commented on how impeccably the course has been uh, prepared for the championship. Uh, one prominent European uh, player told 15 Club it's the best prepared golf course he's ever played on, and that includes Augusta National. So it's a testament to how wow. well they've got this. Yeah, I was pretty stunned to hear that too. Uh, especially considering, you know, this is a public venue. Um, I know they've they've you know the schedule for the the common folks, the regulars like you and I to play. It's changed a little bit as they get ready for a major, of course. But um, he said it's the best prepared golf course he has ever played on. That being said, you stray a little bit from the fairways, and it's going to be the notorious best page black, uh, devastating rough. Um, you know, unless you're one of the best Long Island players on earth. It's, yeah, short hitters are probably going to be eliminated pretty early on. You've got to be pretty, um, you've got to be basically, if you don't hit it really far, you've got to be impeccable off the tee. Um, so it all should be a really tough test for the world's best players, which is, which is definitely what we all want to see. 
Yeah, well, the interesting thing is this is a venue that's hosted two U.S. Opens. It's the first time it's hosting the PGA Championship, and we know there is kind of a, a difference in ideology. We had Joel Beal on uh, earlier this week from Golf Digest, and he wrote a story in Golf Digest about you know sort of the the identity of the PGA Championship being pretty radically different from the uh, U.S. Open kind of uh, uh, goal, the way that that each um, governing body tries to determine a, a champion. There's a different philosophy between the two. And the PGA Championship historically has been a venue, uh, a setup where um, guys can go out and make birdie. And they, the uh, ideology seems to suggest that they want um, to, to sort of showcase the talent of these guys and their ability to go low. And we know the USGA by way of, of, you know, the, the course setups and, and, you know, they've been under criticism feels like for 10 years now, uh, experiencing criticism for the, for the U S open setups. And their goal is, you know, typically it seems to produce a champion around par. So how do we kind of reconcile Beth page black is a U.S. open venue. It's a gigantic ballpark and it's by just by virtue of where we're playing on the calendar and the, and and uh, you know the the variability of of kind of May conditions on the course plus the rain that you talked about at the beginning of the week. Um, do you expect guys to be able to go low at this venue? Um, so I think we've got. I know you mentioned the two U.S. Opens, but we've also had two um, FedEx Cup playoff events held here within the last six seven years. Um, Nick Watney won in twenty twelve and. Patrick Reed won in 2016 um, when it was the Barclays. Now it's the Northern Trust. Um, I, I love the fact that the PGA Championship, it's not all about course setup. I mean, people always knock the PGA because the, they don't think it necessarily has an identity. Um, the Masters has all the tradition and you know the, all the history that goes along with that. The Open Championship is the original. Um, you know, the, the venues are all unique. There's Lynx Golf. U.S. Open is supposed to be the toughest test. And you leave the PGA and you say, well, they don't really have an identity. I would argue its identity is it, it's the players, you know, it's the fans' championship and it's the championship where the players decide who wins most, most more than anything else. I mean, you got to the biggest field of the or as big a field as any of the other four majors, uh, any other three majors, apologies. And you know, I think they they have a, a formula here where you're, you know, it's all about the golf. It's not about the course setup. It's not about the other. It's just you know, you've got the best players in the world and you're all out there and, and see who's the best player. Um, you know, as you mentioned with the place on the calendar, um, some of the weather we've had um, and the course itself, uh, the players are going to face a lot more longer iron shots than normal. And you're going to have fewer wedge shots than a typical PGA tour layout. And that's going to be exacerbated a little bit more just based on where we are in the calendar. Like you said, temperatures in the fifties and sixties, um, maybe even the high forties in the morning. Um, and the and the uh, wet conditions we've seen. So because of the length, the conditions, players not wanting to end up in the rough. So maybe they're hitting three wood off the tee uh, if they're you know afraid of missing right or left. You're going to see a lot more long iron shots. Um, another thing, long straight drivers of the golf ball will be really really rewarded this week. Um, if you hit it long and into the fairway, it's it's much more important to hit it straight and long uh, than just long like maybe at a regular PGA Tour event where the rough isn't particularly penalizing. There's six different holes on this course where the average penalty for missing the fairway is about half a shot. And that is a huge penalty um, if you miss off the tee compared to the norm on the PGA Tour, which is around 0.2 to 0.4. So it doesn't sound like a ton 
when you say it, but it adds up significantly over the course of six holes. It's a third of the golf course. You, I mean, you know, six. So, so yeah, that's going to have uh, an impact. Okay, you miss those six fairways. Right. On average, that's a three-shot penalty. I mean, and that's gigantic. So, um, that page also usually in the playoff events uh, that were held here, it was much more difficult putting inside ten feet than normal. Uh, and players are also usually you're pretty much guaranteed to hit a couple of shots per round from the green side bunkers. So, um, really close proximity, chipping out of some really tough rough and out of the bunkers is going to be important. Hit it long and straight. This is going to be a proper test of golf, um, and we knew that coming into it, but I think that the cool air and the rain we've seen is only going to make that more so. Yeah, so let's go ahead and be specific about what um, performance measures you're looking at that that, you're, that you guys are, are uh, focusing on to try and identify those traits, those attributes uh, among the field that are going to be like really crucial to identifying a winner this week. Yeah. One thing I've really looked at a lot is long iron play. Um, players who are really good on approach shots from, you know, 175 to 225, just because you're going to see a handful more of those than you normally see on the, uh, on the PGA tour. Um, for a lot of golf fans, that's good news for a guy named Tiger Woods because he's hitting the ball. With his, he's maybe the best iron player on the planet the last nine to 12 months. Um, there's a couple of more guys off the board that we'll get to that I really like who are really good long iron players. And I, I'm looking at, and as far as a skill that I fade, um, you're not going to see, it's not going to be a wedge contest. It's not going to be, you know, how close can you get it from 50, 60, 70 yards? You just don't have that many opportunities, whether it's, you know, the long par fours where you're not in that range with your tee shot, or if you miss uh, on those long par fours, you miss the fairway, you're a little further back, you're not going to be able to hit sand wedge or nine iron out of where uh, your tee shot ends up. You're going to have a longer or mid iron into those greens. So um, fade the wedge play and emphasize long iron play a little bit more. And guys who are guys who can crush the ball off the tee. I know that seems obvious. Uh, Best page black is super long, but guys like Rory McIlroy leads the tour and strokes gained off the tee. Um, John Rahm, I like a lot this week. Um, DJ, of course, I mean, I mean, typically in this era we're in this power prejudice era, um, you know, you tend to look more, the top of the world rankings looks a lot like the top of the driving distance leaders on the PGA tour. But I think it's okay. going to be more, a little bit more exacerbated this week, just because, um, of the length of the golf course. Um, but like I said, you've got to hit it straight. If you're long, a guy like Tony Finau hits to the mile, his driving accuracy isn't very good. Phil Mickelson still has a blue average distance, even at his age. His driving accuracy is horrific this year. Um, just take those things into account when you're making your picks. Okay, I, I, I like it. So we have st- strokes gained off the tee, uh, driving distance, driving accuracy, long iron play. Um, that's kind of f- four categories. Is there anything else uh, out there that you got your eye on? Um, you know, a couple things that I wouldn't emphasize as much, but will prove to be pretty important. Uh, I mentioned how difficult this course is putting inside 10 feet. I know that, yeah. you know, based on what we said earlier, that the, the greens are in immaculate condition. The course is in excellent shape. It's still a really tough course when you're putting inside 10 feet. You're going to miss some greens here. So um, guys who are really good chipping out of the rough um, will probably be a little bit of a boost there. So if you've got a deciding factor on a guy and you've got him, you know, comparable in those driving and long iron stats, uh, pick the guys a little bit better chipper, proximity around the green, uh, proximity, chipping from the rough, all the stuff you can find on the PGA Tour stats site. 
Very good. Very good. Okay. So, um, but we're going to get to some names uh, like we did with with the Masters, and we have sort of uh, a variety of categories that we're going to examine, but we're still in this um, stage setting mode, and I'm interested in in kind of uh, two, two aspects of, of this. Uh, in the first place, uh, until our, our boy JT pulled out, uh, Justin Thomas had to withdraw with a wrist injury. We were poised to have the very first major championship, I believe, in golf history, where all 100 of the top uh, 100 players in the official World Golf rankings were going to play in the tournament. JT, unfortunately, hurt himself uh, a couple months ago, and he's now withdrawn from two consecutive events, so we're not going to have that. But uh, quality of field at this uh, event is undeniable and impeccable. Having said that, do you think, in in line with the history of this championship, the PGA Championship, it's produced a lot of first-time major winners, is it possible at this venue, with this impeccable field, for a first-time major champion this week? Well, first thing I'll say is history says we are well overdue for a player to come from back in the pack. Um, there have been 29 straight winners ranked in the top 50 in the world, which is a crazy run. The last guy who was ranked outside the top 50 to win a major was Keegan Bradley at the 2011 PGA. So it's been eight years since we had a guy ranked outside the top 50 win. By far the longest streak like that we've ever had since the world rankings began about 35 years ago. And even more so, 18 of the last 19 major winners were in the top 25, the only exception being Jimmy Walker at that weird, rainy PGA ball straw a couple years ago. Um, so history says we are long overdue for you know, like a Lucas Glover, like we saw at the 09 U.S. Open, who was ranked in the 70s, or, you know, somebody of that ilk where you really didn't see him coming. Um, it feels like we've, we've been really lucky out with these major champions in recent years, and that's a number to back it up. Um, as far as a first-time major champion, I think it's absolutely possible here. Um, and, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking more at the top of the, of the field in terms of uh, guys who have the potential in their first major. Like I said earlier, I really like John Rahm a lot this week. Um, Patrick Cantlay is another guy I like intended the masters has played well in majors in recent years. Guys like Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised to see them near the top of the board either. Tommy Fleetwood, especially as good a driver of the golf ball as he is very accurate. Um, I don't think it's going to be real far back in the pack, but like I said, Lucas Glover won here ranked in the seventies in 2009. So, um, you know, the PGA championship, like you said, traditionally it's had the most, world number ones win the PGA championship and also the most guys ranked outside the top 50. So it, it's a real true, true test where it's the best player that given week, which is, I think one of the good traits of the championship. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I w- one other trend, uh, that has been going on. I want to get your thoughts on before we jump in to, to naming some names here. Um, the, the U S has been dominating the majors seven of, of the past eight. Um, is there any reason, as you look at this uh, venue, this setup, the weather, the field, any reason to think that the U.S. domination will not continue? Well, I don't think it's necessarily pertaining to the tournament itself or the field. It's just the fact there's a lot of really good American players right now. And of those seven in the last eight, I mean, three of them belong to Brooks Kepka. So, um, yeah. you know, Brooks, um, you know, Jordan Spieth winning the Open a couple of years ago. I know his form isn't what it has been, but... Um, you know, JT, Quail Hollow, Tiger, of course, the Masters. There's just a really great crop of American players at the top of the game right now. And uh, it's just, it kind of comes in waves. Um, but 
you know, I, I, I could certainly see the New York crowd getting behind an American player and, and then coming through and winning. You could definitely see, you know, I, I think, I think Tiger will contend this week. Um, as good as he said in his irons, you know, I, you gotta like Brooks and DJ, of course, you know, as far as they hit the golf ball, well, they've been playing. So, um, you know, I, I could see it continuing. Absolutely. But I think it's, it's not so much a, a, a dearth of European talent by any means. It's just that there's, you know, any given couple of weeks over the last few years, there have been some really good American players on top of their game. Yeah, I, I, I it, it's it's very hard to count out um, the top of the non-U.S. field, and it just feels like maybe uh, a bit of a historical anomaly. It comes in waves, the way that you said it. Um, and we we're going to get to some non-U.S. names for sure. But I want to start with uh, in in the same kind of vein as how we did this at the masters i'm looking at at the odds of various players to win and i want to just kind of use that as a framework for us to talk about some of these guys that might be coming from from back of the pack you know guys not ranked in the top 25 maybe not even ranked in the top 50 in the official world golf rankings but that might make a splash this week might have a, a great sort of unexpected performance um Based on what you uh, anticipate in terms of the skill sets that we just went through, the attributes that are going to be helpful. Um, and let's start with, you know, sort of guys in this uh, 50 to 1 odds and, and upwards kind of range. And there's one name in particular that has caught my eye this week, but I'm I'm obviously very, very interested in hearing your thoughts. I, I'll man- mention my guy and then I'll let you um, talk about a few uh, other guys that have caught your 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 eye. I'm I'm looking at Bubba Watson. Um, it's it's a big surprise to me uh, coming into this event to have him available right now at better than than uh, fifty to one odds. I, I'm gonna I, I saw him earlier this week at fifty five to one. Um, I'm I'm not sure exactly right this second as we as we pull it up where where he's at, but. Um, his, uh, performance at Beth page, each of the three times he's played it, he's finished inside the top 20. So it could be the case that Beth page is above a track. And we know that, that if he has a comfort at a, at a particular venue, um, he's capable of, of repeat high level performances. We know that Bubba likes putting on POA. He greatly prefers putting on POA. Uh, his best performances putting this year have been at the uh, Genesis out in Riviera and down in Mexico uh, at the WGC event. Um, and, you know, he certainly has the uh, long distance attributes that we're looking for. What do you think about my man Bubba Watson this week? That's interesting. You know, he's still, you know, he's, he's 40 years old now. He's third on tour and strokes gained off the tee, seventh in driving distance, obviously still hits at a mile. Um, we know that when when conditions are adverse, Bubba tends to to fade away. You know, if he doesn't like someplace, he'll let you know, and it and it seems to it seems to impact him maybe a little bit more than others. I will say that at each of his last four major championship starts that weren't at Augusta National, he missed the cut. So um, I think this I think you're onto something though. I think that this may be a venue that fits him. So if he's able to, we all know if he's able to work the ball right to left, left to right, off the tee, and kind of you know, the things fit his eye. Um, that he's as capable as anybody in the world of, of winning a major championship. So um, that's an interesting call. I kind of like him, especially that number. That's kind of it's surprising for a guy who's got a couple of major championships, one handful of times uh, a year or two ago. Um, that's an interesting call. I, I kind of like that. Um, can I give you my guy? Who's I, I got one guy who's pretty far off the board that I I'm really interested in this week. Well, I'm I'm dying to hear it because. 
Uh, we got to give you a nice pat on the back. That Corey Connors call at the Masters through three rounds, not only making the cut, which I think a lot of folks appreciated, but, you know, through three rounds, he was inside the top 20. And I was looking very excitedly at my top 20 wager on him thinking, boy, this, you know, my, my adjuster, Justin Ray really hooked us up. Now he faded on Sunday, but that, that, that's okay. Uh, do we have a Corey Connors this week, my man? All right, so this is a player that uh, had a really great performance at the Open Championship a couple years ago. Um, 150 to one, Hao Tong Lee. Um, his strengths wow. are really em- his strengths are really emphasized on this course, and I think some of his weaknesses are taken away a bit. So uh, Lee is one of the best long iron players on the planet. He's first on the PGA Tour in approach shots from 175 to 200. Third from 200 to 225. You're going to see a big handful of those type of approach shots this week. He is dead last on tour on approach shots from 50 to 125, i.e. wedge shots, which you're not going to see as many of this week. So his strengths are really going to be emphasized. He's not going to have to hit as many wedge shots, which is his weakness. He's a really interesting study for me um, in terms of kind of, he's kind of like the walking hypothesis I have for this golf course for the week. So I'm either going to be really right or really wrong. <laughs> but at one, yeah, I, to one, I think he's a guy that, um, you know, he's, he's got some big wins under his belt. He beat Rory McIlroy head-to-head in Dubai last year. Uh, he shot 63 at the Open Championship a couple of years ago. Um, outstanding long iron player, and he's, he's able to hide his, uh, his deficiencies just a little bit. So that's my guy who's way off the board. Another guy I like who's kind of in that 50-60 to 60 one. The last big event held here was the playoff event in the FedEx Cup in 2016, and Patrick Reed won it. And he's 60 yeah. to one this week. He's not a great iron player traditionally week to week, but he was top 10 in the strokes gained approach that week. He has one of the best short games in the world. It's the reason he won the masters two years ago. Um, I think that, you know, if yeah, 60 to one is long odds for a guy who's a major champion. I know he hasn't played great majors since he broke through, but he won the last time that we had a big, a big tournament held here. Um, so I think he's worth looking into. And then, you know, I know his driving accuracy has been really bad this season, but there's something about Phil Mickelson in New York, and he's 60 to one odds. He finished runner-up in both U.S. Opens held here. Actually, 2002 when Tiger won and Phil came in second. That's the only time in a major that we've ever had Tiger first, Phil second, or Phil first, Tiger second. Um, you know, four runner-up finishes in majors in New York. This crowd's gonna love him. You know, I don't know something something to be said for the amount of experience and the kind of drag out fight this is going to be throughout the week in terms of you know the length of the course if we have any weather delays i don't know i think he's worth taking a look at at 61 i'm interested to hear your thoughts well i i have a couple thoughts and and here's the thing and this is this is uh an area that we're going to pre- proceed into sort of cautiously and carefully you never want to try and 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 overdo the 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 draw but you know it looks like it it may matter and there are a couple factors that I'm I'm going to bounce off of you and see what you think and then you know there are some names that we've mentioned already that kind of fit one category versus the other in terms of of, of the draw so a couple unique things about Beth Page Black and 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 this week uh the way that the it, it's playing um the the a bunch of guys, because of the size of the field, are teeing off on the 10th hole. To get to the 10th hole at Bethpage Black, you have to get into a cart or a shuttle and drive for like 20 to 25 minutes. So 
if you've gone through all of your prep, you've done all of your your warm up and everything. From that moment, if you're out at the at the clubhouse, you have to get into a vehicle and ride all the way out to the to the tenth tee, and then the tee shot on ten is a hard mother effort, Justin Ray. It's a two hundred and forty yard carry uh, r- right off the bat. Now there are a bunch of guys that tee off before eight thirty in the morning on Thursday, and I'm not sure that by tomorrow morning the temperature at 8.30 in the morning is going to be north of 50 degrees. So the ball is not going to be jumping off the golf club. You know, it, it, this isn't one of these, uh, it ain't going to be like Memphis in, in, in July for that, for the WGC that they're playing there. Um, and, and you know, the, the other thing about the guys that are teeing off in the morning tomorrow, and especially the guys teeing off on 10 tomorrow morning, they, those are the guys that are then playing, tomorrow uh friday afternoon and the weather forecast originally had some showers the first part of friday and then this was what we were looking at earlier in the week now it looks like those showers are coming in the afternoon on friday so let me just run through some of the names that have this thursday morning before 8 30 teeing off on number 10 predicament and then perhaps some rain on on friday the, the, this is the a couple of the names we've already mentioned. Patrick Reed is is teeing off on ten tomorrow morning uh, at seven fifty one a.m. Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, and Frankie Molinari are teeing off tomorrow morning on number ten at eight twenty four a.m. Tommy Fleetwood is teeing off on number ten tomorrow morning. Uh, I don't have exactly the time. Um, and then uh, Bubba Watson also. And you, this is a concern. I'm, I might have to hit the brakes. He tees off at 8.02 a.m. tomorrow morning on number 10. And I forgot you are absolutely right. I'm so happy that you you reminded me. If if he doesn't like the way something's feeling to him, now how's Bubba going to react to that 25-minute cart ride, I wonder? <laughs> that 10th hole is the most penalizing fairway to miss on the golf course. It's nearly six-tenths of a shot on average penalizing if you miss the fairway at 10. So that's how important that tee shot is. And, and and on the other side of this, here are the names that, that aren't confronted with that immediate, you know, um, rear end clenching challenge. John Rahm, DJ, Rory, Phil, Jason Day. All those guys get to tee off on number one in the afternoon tomorrow. And then they have the, the morning round on Friday and I again, I said before I, I got going on this little soliloquy here that you don't want to read too too much into this, but like you know the the, the type of challenge off the first tee that a bunch of the top players, the guys anticipated to do great this week, are are confronted with. It's it's a little bit of an it's we know it's out of the ordinary. I don't know if it's extraordinary, but I'm very very curious um, to hear your thoughts. Am I reading too much into this? Um, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, I think a little bit of it might depend on when the rain arrives. So that's always a total crapshoot. You know, we, we think we've got an idea of when it's going to get here, but, um, it's interesting to be sure now, you know, like we said with Bubba, you know, he's the poster child for this, but different players react to adverse conditions in different ways. And, you know, I think for like Kepka and Woods, I don't think it'll be that big of a factor, but you know, if, if Bubba misses a tee shot badly, 
start the week and, you know, he's, he's, you know, misses that tee shot on 10 right away. You never know, you know, maybe, maybe he does have a big impact, but um, I don't know, maybe it could be a deciding factor if you're picking between two guys. That's kind of the way I feel about if you, if you think one wave is better than the other, but yeah, it's an interesting theory. I hadn't thought a ton about it and, uh, before you introduced it to me. That's, it's something to definitely keep an eye on. Well, and, and one guy that I do trust, you know, the sort of opposite of uh, Bubba in terms of a guy that I don't feel like um, is going to be shaken is Patrick Reed. Um, he, he, the one uh, aspect of him that if he's feeling confident and, and he's, uh, you know, he, he believes in, in himself more than anybody on the planet, uh, he, I'm, I'm not, if as long as he's got the, the, the confidence with his with the t-ball and we can we've seen in him that he's capable of losing that confidence but if he has the if he stripes one down the middle uh tomorrow morning um i'm gonna you know i, I will feel i'm gonna go ahead and, and sprinkle him in to a couple lineups and i will feel validated having done so if we see him climb on the t and, and stripe one Let, let's let's jump into uh you know an, a, a, another class of guys that are not the favorites but um are, are, are out there are some pretty big names, some names we've already hit in that class of 30 to one to kind of 40 to one odds. There are some, some great names here. Uh, we talked about uh, Tommy Fleetwood currently available at 30 to one. You mentioned Tony Finau as a guy to just maybe be cautious of because while he hits the ball a mile, um, you know, you have to be accurate and accuracy isn't necessarily his top attribute. A couple other names available right now at 40 to one Bryson DeChambeau and Sergio Garcia. Uh, what are your thoughts on this class of, of, of guys? I'll start with Sergio. Um, he's been really bad in majors recently. He's missed six straight cuts in major championships. He doesn't have a round under par to major in almost two years. So, I mean, that's somebody who since he's broken through, he hasn't really performed up to his own expectations in majors. He's actually in his last 13 major championship rounds. He's 48 over par. So I, I don't think, you know, there's some guys who follow with a microscope um, in terms of these, their performances in these big events. And I don't, Sergio's not really one of them uh, for the most part. Um, I, I would avoid him until further notice in majors. Um, it, you know, that's just me though. Uh, I know I missed it on the little cost stuff now, but, Look, he's contended twice in majors in the last nine months. You know, he's in that group with Tiger at the Masters, 54-hole co-leader. Um, when we were here in New York last summer for the U.S. Open, he crushes the golf ball, top 10 in driving distance. He's got some good metrics this season in terms of approach shots with mid to long irons. I'm a little, you know, I'm kind of on the fence there. You know, there's a lot of things to like about Tony C. now this week. Um, but like at, a, at the Masters where missing fairways has no penalty whatsoever, um, this is the opposite where it's going to be one of the most penalizing courses on tour where if you miss fairways. So keep that in mind. If you kind of got him on your list. Um, one guy who's really interesting to me this week at the end of the masters is Patrick Cantlay. He's top 10 this season, in total um, top 15 and eight of his last 10 stroke play starts. He's really evolving into a really elite player. Last three major championships finished 12, 27th night. Um, you know, he's an interesting guy to me this week. I think he's someone you can look at. At thirty to one, thirty-five to one, I've seen him in some places. I have a question uh, about Cantley. Now he he we had this really interesting phenomena for about like ninety minutes on the Sunday of, of the Masters. It was like I don't know what time it was because it, it, that 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 round got started so early in the morning. But you know, 
with the guys in the last two groups, um, you know, four out of six hit balls in the water, all of a sudden for about, maybe it was less than 90 minutes, but we had all these guys uh, like um, immediately start to be on or around the top of the leaderboard. Bubba showed up out of nowhere. DJ showed up out of nowhere. Uh, Ricky looked like he might, if he could string together a, a bunch of birdies at the end, looked like he was a threat. And another guy that fits this category, whose name sh- kind of showed up out of nowhere, uh, was was Patrick Cantlay. And and I wonder, you know, he he um, he immediately he got on the seventeenth tee, and he was within a shot or or two of the lead, and he immediately pounded one dead right. And I wondered if he um, he knew where he stood in relation to uh, the the leaderboard at that moment because he he had an opportunity uh, on on Sunday at, at the Masters to you know put himself right in the mix of the in a top three kind of a performance. Do you do you have any concerns as it relates to um, him under that that pressure circumstance? That's interesting. Um, you know, I, I'll say something about that one of the things that's so amazing about Augusta National is the course design is set up to where there's lots of scoring opportunities in the last six, seven holes. So on Sunday, after, you know, the difficult ninth, 10th, 11th, and the guys at the top of the leaderboard who teed off last might drop a shot, leaderboard gets a little tighter, you'll think, oh my God, there's 15 guys within three shots of the lead, and it seems like it's, this is amazing, and it is, it's entertaining, but those leaders still have those birdie opportunities in front of them. So it could be a little bit misleading as to who's, you know, really, you know, has a chance to win the tournament. That being said, you know, Patrick Hanley made the cut on the number at the Masters and and had a legitimate chance. I don't know if maybe he saw the leaderboard and was like, oh, oh, oh man, I'm, I'm I'm one shot back on the seventy first tee box. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if he saw that or not. Um, and you know, those two shots at seventeen and eighteen at Augusta are are, are crucial and and difficult and nerve wracking. So. Um, he doesn't have a ton of. I'll say this too. You know, Tony now only has one PGA Tour win, and it was in Puerto Rico. Patrick Cantlay's win was in was in Vegas two years ago. I mean, it was, it, he doesn't have you know a lot of marquee you know pedigree at the top of leaderboards. He's not. I know someone might say, you know, oh, Brooks Kepka didn't really do that a whole lot either. But Kepka won all over the world. He won the Dunlop Phoenix in Japan. He had won on the European Tour a couple of times. So. Um, he doesn't really fit that mold of like Cantlay or Finau, but um, you know, yeah, maybe that's something to take into consideration. You know, especially if you get, you're coming down the stretch and you're facing DJ and Tiger Woods. You know, you know Patrick Cantlay may not be um, someone who stands up to the fire, but he's got an unbelievable amateur pedigree. So um, I think it's a matter of time before he breaks through and he's a multiple time winner. And I think he's a major in his career. I agree with you on all of those last points, and I'm going to elect to um, subscribe. I, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and you just you just reminded us he made the cut on the number, and then here we are talking about him as a threat. You know, uh, he was among the top five names on the leaderboard on Sunday with a handful of holes left. So let's do the glass half full thing and just give him credit for for working his way right back into the top of the tournament, the Masters, you know, a- a- after making the cut on the number. Not, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. All right. So uh, any other names in, in, in that class? Uh, those are the ones I'm, I've highlighted. Um, I know Very you good. sent me an email and you were bullish on Sergio. I'm sorry if I talked you off that completely. but Well, he, here's the thing. And I love his, t- he has three top 10 performances 
at Bethpage and, you know, his um, metrics coming in, he's been in form in everything other than the majors. I mean, his T4 at Quail Hollow was good. We know that he can uh, hit, hit the ball a mile. I lo- There's a top 20. You can get plus odds on Sergio as a top 20 play. And I'm still committed to, to that, even though you gave a lot of caution. So everybody... Tap, tap, tap the brakes, everybody. Don't take out your, you know, half your mortgage and put it on Sergio to top 20. But he was available uh, at plus 130 right now to finish inside the top 20. If there's a venue where he's he's comfortable and and uh he's gonna break through, perhaps it's this. If this is the interesting thing about Sergio at this venue, I mean, one of the 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 great Beth Page moments with the New York crowds. We we recall uh I think it was the 2009 open where he was uh, really fighting his waggles and, and the amount of time that he stood over the ball. And, you know, he, he's up there and he's doing his thing, going through his routine. It's probably 25, 30 seconds. And he takes his shot and you hear from the background, we waited all that time for that. <laughs> it's a guy with a gold chain and a black sweat, some velour sweatshoes, just a spectacular, iconic back page kind of moment. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Sergio did, did, uh, sort of get a redemption, uh, when he won the masters, he became beloved again. But since then there's been a couple other hiccups along the way. I don't know where he fits in terms of the public eye, what kind of support he'll get out there at, at Beth page this week, but you know, he's comfortable playing there with all those top 10. So I like that top 20 kind of angle. If you're going to, if you're going to jump on Sergio at all. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I could definitely see that happen. Okay. So let's, let's just get into some guys that like, um, you know, we're in a 20 to one to 30 to one class. And these are some classy names. Uh, I, we, we've already mentioned Tommy Fleetwood. Oh no, that was, he was in the previous category. So, so 20 to one, let's say to 29 to one. Here are the guys that are available in that class. And, 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 and we've got major winners in here. Frankie Molinari currently available at 28 to one. Uh, Jason day currently available 22 to one and this this big game hunter not not a major winner yet but feels like one is coming xander shoffley available at 28 to one um who do you like in 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 this section of of the of the sheet well so xander you said big game hunter he's played eight majors and he's finished sixth or better in half of them so i mean he's won a tour championship he won a tournament of champions those are smaller fields but he beat great players in those events He's, he's a really good driver of the golf ball. He's top 35 or so in driving distance, starting off the tee. That's well, well above average. His mid to long iron numbers are pretty good as well. Um, loves big events. You know, I, I think Xander's really intriguing this week, and there's there's no reason to believe that, that he won't be part of the mix. Um, you mentioned Frankie Molinari. The guy just doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, he's, he's averaged less than one and a half bogeys per round over the last three majors, which is insane. Um, it's by far the best of any player in that in that span. Um, it's tough to throw him aside based on just how he's played in the majors over the last 18 months or so. You know, he contended at Quail Hollow and Justin Thomas won. Um, obviously, he contended. He won the Open and then contended at uh, Bell Reeve when Kepka won. And then, you know, we all know which one. So um, those are the two guys that I kind of circled in that range that I like a lot. You know, Jason Day is still one of the best putters in the world. Um, if he's Fully healthy, feels good. I know he's battling some injuries early in the year. When he gets kind of a, I, mean, I know we've talked a lot, a lot about the conditions and the fact that it's May and the weather is not great. Um, you know, 
that gives me a little bit of trepidation about about Jason at that number. But you know, if he's driving the ball at his best, he can beat anybody in the world. Uh, he's statistically over the last four or five years, he's probably the best putter on the planet. So um, I circled Xander and Frankie. Uh, those are the two guys that I think in that range have a really good shot at winning this week. Okay, I I, I like those two as well. Uh, and they're, they're going to be included in, in, a, in a handful of my uh, allocation of capital here. Um, we're going to get to the favorites, but there, there, there's two names we've mentioned before that I know that you like. And these guys, I'm looking at the board right now. One guy's at 20 to 1, and one guy's at 16 to 1. John Rahm, currently available at 20 to 1. You've mentioned a couple times that you have your eye on him. Why, why do you like John Rahm here? John Rahm is one of the most underrated drivers of the golf ball on the planet. And I mean, he's got a kind of a short backswing, so it makes it, it's not as visually appealing as like when DJ's got his long language swing or when Rory goes after a drive. But he's second on the PGA Tour and strokes gained off the tee. He was second last year and he was third the year before. That's his whole time as a pro. Um, he's, he's an incredible driver of the golf ball and has the ability to pick it apart. Any golf course, especially something like this, pick it apart off the tee. Um, it's about 65% of his fairways this season. That's well above average. Um, I like him a lot in this situation. Also, over the last two major championships, he has the third best team in the sport of bar. The only two guys better are Kepka and Tiger, the two guys who won those two majors. So he's wow. kind, of quietly, kind of quietly become, uh, you know, he's got a reputation of being hot-tempered, but he's really, for lack of a better word, he's tempered that a little bit the last, you know, six, nine, 12 months in these big events. Um, and he's starting to put everything together. All the talent in the world, former number one amateur in the world. He's won all over the place. Um, got a win already this year. You know, I, I, I like John Rahm a lot this week. I think he's got a chance to pick up his first major championship. Wow. At 20 to one odds, I, I am going to hang up after this, this dialogue and, and get on the book before the odds go down. People are going to hear this, and the odds are going to go in the wrong direction. Uh, what about Ricky? Is 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 it, could it be Ricky's time uh, here at Bethpage Black? Man, it's just, I I feel like I feel like this. So for about nine years, every time I did an interview, podcast, radio hit, whatever, I was asked, "Is Tiger Woods going to win another major?" The new question <laughs> that I'm going to get, I feel like, is is Ricky Fowler going to win a major? I mean, he basically has to. He has more top fives without a win than any player in the major championships over the last 30 years. That's a crazy statistic. The fact that he's been so close so often, um, he's coming off of two really good finishes. He was ninth at the masters. He was fourth at Wells Fargo. So he's pretty good form. You know, he can, he won at the Phoenix open when he had that big lead. And then the conditions got nasty on Sunday. Um, you know, you got to say it's going to happen sooner rather than later. You know, he won the players championship against the lead field on a really difficult golf course. He's won the Scottish Open in bad conditions. Um, he's contended at the Open Championship a couple of times when it's been nasty out. Um, so that stuff doesn't bother him. Wind doesn't bother him. He still he hits the ball a long way. Um, you know, he's a guy who's kind of under the radar this week, too. I mean, with kind of a side effect of, of Tiger Woods winning the Masters and, you know, even as uh, lower level, as successful as Brooks Kepka has been in the majors the last few years, Guys like Dustin and Ricky and even like John Rahm aren't being talked a whole lot going into the championship. So um, I always say, it seems cliche. It's a matter of time. You know, he hasn't missed a cut yet this year on tour. Top 10 in almost half of his starts. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he contended this week. But, you know, it's there's so many big names playing so well. And I don't know, it's, it's tough to say at a number that 
you say what he's 20 to one 25 to one a six, 16 16 so maybe maybe those aren't that we're not getting enough we're not getting enough juice there to make it worth our while that's, that's not, not a, i mean that's a, a comparable good i've seen rory at 12 you know rory at 12 to yeah. one of the favorites at 10 i mean i like ricky yeah, a lot right. i mean i think he can contend but i don't know if that number is worth it we need to be compensated a bit more for that risk if we're going to jump on on Ricky. I mean, we we like him and we're rooting for him, but, but you know, maybe is, is maybe those odds are a testament to how much the public loves the guy too. You're right about that for sure. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> who the who the public loves? We are finally uh, on on the the favorites here, and you know, there it's it's Tiger, it's Brooks, it's DJ. And and are we sleeping on Rory? There, this is uh, at the moment I have the sheet up. It's Brooks at ten to one, Tiger at ten to one, DJ at eleven to one, and Rory at at twelve to one. Um, is this? Let me pose it this way to you. And I and I sort of w- w- wonder about this. If if there was a reason to fade the favorites this week, is it possible that um, the the size of the field, the lack of, uh, you know, the, the, the quality of the field, uh, 99 of the hundred on the official world golf rankings, um, and the leveling of the playing field kind of literally in the sense that there is no precedent for Beth page, um, in may in these conditions, uh, we don't have any, um, data to tell us anything about how it's going to play. We don't know how, what to anticipate. Does that have a leveling effect in terms of um, you know the the sort of value of the the favorites here? What do you think? It's a good question. I would counter though with the fact that we've seen so many great players break through. I'll refer to the stat I had about nine straight top fifty ranked players. Eighteen of the last nineteen major winners were in the top twenty five. Um, I don't know, it just feels like the top of the game has separated themselves a little bit, and this is a venue where. You know, as long as it's going to play, you know, those guys who are, you know, the elite players in the world have hit it a long way, which just kind of go hand in hand. Um, I think I think it's going to be a week we're going to have more of kind of like what we saw at Bell Reef, where, you know, the guys like Kepka, Tiger, Molinari, Adam Scott contended, you know, guys who are experienced and, and can hit the ball a long way is less success. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think there is validity, though, to the fact that the fact that there's, you know, it's such a long, it's a deep field. There's so many great players there. Um, the fact that we don't have a ton of precedent. I mean, we've got, we've got events at best page, but I mean, you know, that U S open was 10 years ago and the, the playoff events were, it's a different kind of setup. It's more set up for, and, and a different kind of year. Excitement. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's more set up for, for birdies and excitement. And it's not going to be, it was better weather those weeks. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting so, thought, but, I don't know. I'm kind of split there. I don't really have a great answer for you. I think that, you know, like I said, that I think the top of the game has separated itself just a little bit from yeah. from yeah. Uh, from the guys in the 50s, 60s, 70s in the world ranking. But, you know, I, like I also said, I think we're we're long overdue for a Lucas Glover or a you know Michael Campbell or somebody who we completely didn't see coming um, to win a major. So that's a yeah. terrible answer, yeah. but. <laughs> we we've seen these guys the, the the cream does rise to the top and you know it's not that big of a of a shock that we saw tiger and frankie molinari together at uh carnoustie 
playing in, you know, uh, crazy sort of adverse conditions, well, the, the best that the British Open can muster in terms of, you know, a nasty venue with a lot of wind and, and balls that run forever. And then we see both those guys together again in April, uh, you know, at, at Augusta. That That's just confirming your point about, you know, the top of the, the, the food chain here separating itself um, from the rest. The conditions don't necessarily, you know, if, if, if these great guys can do it anywhere. How are we supposed to pick between those, those four guys, though? Help me think about one or two things that might tilt um, the, 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 the selection process as between, you know, Brooks and Tiger and DJ and Rory. Because to, to me, like, I, I just... It it it's requires such fine splitting of hairs to choose one. I cannot, in good conscience, pick against either Tiger or Brooks. But you know who hits the ball farther than DJ, and who's a better driver of the golf ball in the last say eight or nine months than Rory? So I just can't. You know, the splitting of hairs here is is, is so fine. Help us out here. Help help me try and come up with a couple things, a couple principles here to to pick one versus the other. All right, I'll do my best to. Um, I think for DJ, this is like the quietest world number one coming off a runner-up finish at the Masters that I can ever remember. I mean, I, no one is talking about, I don't think, nearly enough about how well this guy's played. It's probably because the last round he played competitively was at Harbortown, and he just shot 77, just played awful with the lead in the final round. But the guy finished second at the Masters. I mean, and he's Dustin Johnson. He, you know, drives the ball as good or better than anybody in the world. He's also, I don't think people have recognized how much better his putting's gotten. He's in the top 10 on, on the PGA tour this season, the stroke game putting. He has never sniffed that before in his career. That's a terrifying proposition. If Dustin Johnson becomes an elite putter, um, he's always been, you know, kind of an underrated, like above average putter statistically. But if he's in that top 10, that Ricky Fowler, Jason day, rarefied air, that's a problem for the rest of the golf world. Um, the pro- I've got all these notes written down about all four of these guys. The problem is they're all great. So it's going to be something to discern between what, you know, who to pick. Like Brooks Kepka, last nine majors, he's done something that only Tiger Woods has done over the last 60 years. In the last nine majors he's played, he has three wins, no missed cuts, and a scoring average of 69.5. Tiger's the only player to do that over the last six decades. So that's how good Brooks Kepka and consistency has been in majors over the last. I think that's since the PGA at Baltusrol. That's how good he's been. You know, he's contending every time he tees up in a major. His strokes gained per round since the beginning of 2017 in majors is half a shot better than any other player. Um, Tiger's the best iron player in the world the last nine months or so. And then you look at Rory, who I think should be a co-favorite along with DJ Brooks and Tiger. I think it should be four-way co-favorites. I'm sure it moves based on what the action is. But, um, you know, Rory's only finished outside the top 10 this year was at the masters. Um, he's playing the most consistent golf of his life. Um, I've talked to Paul McGinley, former European Ryder cup captain. This was before the masters. And he said, I think I even said it on the masters podcast. It's the best Rory McIlroy's ever played in his life. And Paul's known him since he was a kid. Um, I think the, the pressure of trying to complete the grand slam and, you know, a, a lot of the weight that goes into when Rory goes to Augusta national, that might have weighed on him just a little bit. And he just got beat by a collection of guys who played better than him that week. But, you know, he's, his numbers across the board, like he's by far the best striker of the golf ball in the PGA Tour this year. Off the tee, tee to green, however you slice it, he's the best. So 
Oh, man, it's tough. I mean, the one thing I would point to, it's more anecdotal than analytical, but you, like I said earlier, you wonder how Tiger's back's going um, to react to cold weather. You know, is, is it, he's documented how long his process is to get ready for these championships for, for any kind of competition, really, just to play golf. Is that process elongated? Does, does he feel 43 years old this week, which he obviously didn't at the Masters? Um, you know, I will say, too, nobody's won two majors in the season ever older than age 41. Marco Mir is the oldest guy to do it. Um, so, mm. you know, look, he's got no – Tiger's very familiar with shattering every record that exists. So it's not like, it's not mm. like that's a huge wall there. But uh, it does speak to, you know, how difficult this would be. And this is going to be a long, grueling test. It's going to be tough. Um, it's tough for anyone. And, you know, the other thing, too, Tiger's never won, amazingly, the PGA Championship and the Masters in the same season which is something he could do this week. Um, the last guy to do it was Jack in the mid seventies. So um, that kind of speaks to me in the variance of courses we see at the PGA championship every year, it's a different kind of setup and can favor different players year to year. But um, it's really tough for me to separate those four guys. But if, if wow. PJ puts like he has been, that, that might be the guy I would pick out of those four. Okay, that's great. I mean, if we're we're just splitting hairs, if we're looking for a reason, I'm going to play Tiger top five because I only want to live in a world where Tiger is is threatening <laughs> to win every major that he plays in from here on out. Like, if can you that's imagine it. if he won? Like, just pandemonium. That's right. The Masters was amazing, obviously, but you could kind of understand it with the smaller, a little bit smaller field, the place he's won a zillion times. I know he's won two majors here. Um, he's won a major here. He's you know, had past success at Beth Page, but man, I, I I can't I can't even wrap my brain around the fact that if he was to win the first two majors of the year, then you've got to think he's an overwhelming favorite at Pebble Beach. You know, I don't. Goodness gracious! Yeah, crazy's the word for it. If you're looking for a reason to for him to not uh, maybe be the one, and I don't know why you would, you animal, uh, and that's not you. That's that's the the listener. Um, it, 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 this thing you you mentioned about you know you you reminded me of his uh, preparation. I do wonder like what strategy he has because he's one of the guys who has to ride out to ten uh, tomorrow morning. I wonder if he's got like uh, you know a massage table already out there positioned in inside of a tent. You know he's got a tiger tent with his physio there ready for him. So as the glutes are activated and he's ready, ready to go. Cause he's not going to, you know, with his meticulous preparation, he's already thought about all of this. Uh, I'm positive. And he's not going to walk up to that T with driver in hand and feel uncomfortable or, or out of sorts because of the cart ride or something having to do with his preparation. So it's, it's a, it's kind of a, a fascinating thing. I, I haven't seen, let me see if there's a tiger prop up here. He's weighed every factor. You, you know, into it. There is a prop here, uh, brother Ray. Tiger Woods tee shot hits the fairway. The first hole that he plays in in round one. Yes, is minus one thirty. That's the public loving Tiger hitting. <laughs> but but uh, no 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 is even odds. Uh, and you know we we've talked about how hard ten is and how hard it is uh, to to you know make par. From the rough here, he's got the cart right in front of him. It's going to be maybe barely 50 degrees. I don't know. This is what I never want to root against Tiger under any circumstances, but this might be one where at, at even odds, I might squeeze a little. You know, the old adage that he always starts slow in majors, you know, 
40 on the front That's nine, right. the 97 Masters. Yeah, we all <laughs> heard it for 25 years. So, you know, maybe that's something you look at, missing that first tee shot. Justin Ray, we did not start slow in this preview of the 2019 PGA Championship. My brother, thank you again, as always, for coming on Fairway Rolling and helping us uh, figure out, you know, a couple uh, of ways to, to allocate a little capital pick a couple of, of long shots. Let's produce some, some winners this week. And where, where do we get the 15th club uh, information this week? Uh, you can go to 15thclub.com and we'll have to cover it all week long. Uh, got a lot of great preview content on there. And I'm going to have uh, recap information after every round, like we did at the Masters. Um, and also uh, on Twitter, I'm at Justin Ray Golf. Um, I'll be there at Beth Page all week. Um, you're going to get more tweets than you could possibly want. Uh, all the information you could possibly want uh, covering the golf tournament. So, yeah, head over to 15club.com. Find me on Twitter. Find us on Twitter at 15club. Spectacular. As always, thank you so much for coming on, my guy. Yeah, thanks for having me, bud. Of course. All right, all my thanks again to Justin Dre. We're going to get to Harry in one second and, and against all odds, try and come up with some winners. Before we get there... My friends, it's a major week. It's a major venue. New York can barely stand the anticipation. One New York guy who couldn't take it anymore, Callaway's own A.J. Vopel, went out to Bethpage Black a few weeks ago, right before they closed the course down to the public, and he shot a mini documentary, Homecoming, back to Bethpage Black. This is a guy whose perspective, he grew up, playing the black. He's a former local. He gives us a relatable take on what it's like to experience Beth page black. It is the perfect way as you watch the course over the, the, the entirety of the next four days, go ahead and get the local relatable flavor to whet your appetite. He is going out to a New York deli and getting one of those delicious, amazing egg sandwiches. Of course, he does the sleeping in the car thing where he's trying to get his best tea time. This documentary, Back to Beth Page Black, available now at CallawayGolf.com as well as GolfChannel.com. Back to Beth Page Black. Now let's talk to Harry. Ladies and gentlemen, now on the tee from Oswego, New York. He is the assistant to the beverage director at the Oswego Country Club. Harry Gagnon, welcome to Fairway Rolling. Uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, House. This is great. So, so H-Dog, it's serious now. Uh, we, are, we are in the thick of our preparation for another major championship. We are hours away from, from balls in the air. And so what you and I are about to talk about, these picks we're about to give out, these, these have genuine financial consequences. So let's, let's try and do the best we can. Huge ramifications. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, so speaking <laughs> of hu huge ramifications, let's start with uh, the hugest, and that is none other than Eldrick Tiger Woods. Well, let me hear it. Can Tiger... Win again, according to Harry. Well, you know what? I know when uh, the week after he got done playing at the players and we discussed it and said he was close and we had seen something special going on with him. And we thought 
he might have a chance. I said it on that on that episode afterwards of Fairway, Fairway Rolling that he has a chance. He could do something magical at the Masters, and we saw something that we've never seen before. It was something like it was storybook ending, you know. And but the only thing is, it's going to keep going here. I think. Look, he's he's uh his, his scoring average at Best Page Black over his career is a seventy. He'll take that. He won the U.S. Open there, as we know, in 2002. And in 2009, he finished sixth there. He likes the course. It's not, and I've, I've read everything I've read. The course is not going to be as difficult. They're not going to do certain things that they do with the U.S. Open with the, the fairways and everything. It's going to be open, so he can still do what he wants in terms of driving the ball. I mean, look, there's another stat out there, too. There are only three people in history that have gone first major, second major in their career to start the season. That was Jack in 72, Speed did it in 15, and Tiger hit the Masters, obviously, in 2002. And then, like I just said, he hit Beth Page Black for the U.S. Open in 2002. So it's set up for Tiger to do it again. And, you know, just to let you know, too, how the Tiger stats here, the odds for him with 2019 majors, He's already got the one, obviously. So if you want, if you want to take him and say that he's not going to win, you got to put up three fifty to win a hundred. If he's going, if you don't think he's going to win another one, but for two, it's plus two fifty. Three, twelve to one. That's interesting. And then obviously all of them is fifty to one. But three is interesting at twelve to one. I'm telling you, he's got a great <laughs> chance this week. Well, what do you like as the third? If we if we give him this one, what what do you think is going to be the third? Pebble Beach could be interesting too. He's yeah. he's won there plenty too. Yeah, could be, could be interesting. You're not going to get any argument uh, from me. He's right there. He and Brooks are are at the top at 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 ten to one. Now you're not going to get me to say anything bad about Tiger. So what what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say is is what I'm willing to do at this juncture, which is just bet him to win. I mean, I'm just bet him for a for a top five finish. That's plus two seventeen right now. So better than two to one odds for a top five out of Tiger. That feels like to me my 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 wildest dreams, my wildest uh, uh, my imagination run wild is Tiger Woods uh, coming in on on Sunday. Uh, maybe maybe again not not even in the lead, but going out and and taking the lead and running away from the pack on Sunday and, and what that would do both in terms of, of the, the golfing fan, the golf public, but really just in the, the entire sporting public. I mean, the outpouring of admiration and, and uh, devotion to him for having, you know, conquered a bunch of his demons and for, you know, this stage of life uh, becoming once again, a master's champion. It was an incredible uh, outpouring. And honestly, I support his decision to not play another event between the masters and now, because he really needed, you know, a handful of weeks to kind of get over that, the, the, the adrenaline rush of, of a conquering hero and then needed to, to go ahead and get his game, um, you know, back in, 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 in kind of tournament shape without any distraction over the last couple few weeks. And, I've very much been impressed with what I've heard and observed about his practice at Beth Page. It's apparent that he loves Beth Page and that Beth Page loves him back. So Harry, oh yeah, he's 
he's been practicing since Sunday, from what I've heard. Yes. He's been practicing every day, at least nine holes since Sunday. The weather hasn't been great, but uh, so it's also, you know, it's supposed to be a little bit better, obviously a lot better, actually, as the week goes on. So it's going to be a difference in clubs, but, you know, you just definitely have to try different things for your whole arsenal. And he's been there. Like you just said, I, I don't disagree with uh, your theory either, where he's taken basically a month off since the Masters, recoup, figure out stuff, and uh, he's focused on this. That's it. So I'm I'm only doing a top five bet at this point, plus better than two to one odds for him in the top five. That's going to be my tip of the cap. And then we'll see how it plays out. There's always live betting options uh, each day. If, if you know something dramatic happens, we can jump in uh, on, on the live bet. Now, let, let's just, speaking of jumping in, we have Tiger where we have him. Are you going to allocate any capital to Tiger before we move on here? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm still... Uh, I'm still- I'm still uh, contemplating what I'm doing with everybody yet. I'm, I'm, I'm prob- tonight is going to be uh, where I sit down and uh, and I really focus. I'm going to look. I'm looking at matchups. I'm looking at you know top uh, top suite. I'm looking at top agents. I'm looking at everything. You know, so I got a bunch of different things. I'll figure a lot of stuff out tonight, and I'll probably post it at uh, AAO Harry uh, on Twitter. So I'll, I'll have all those picks for me for everybody to. If they want to take them, take them. If they don't, they don't. But I did pretty good in the Masters, so we'll see. Yeah, at AAO Harry, uh, the the picks will be up. I, you and I, now I'm not going to put myself in your class, but we are chefs. You you're a great chef. I'm an okay chef. And what we're doing with these these picks for these majors, we're just building a menu. So you know, there's sure. going to be a couple appetizers in the top twenty range. There's going to be an appetizer or two in some of these some of these props that we like. And then we'll get a little more serious with kind of small plates that that cover some guys at kind of longer odds, and then we're going to have an entree or two. I mean, we're 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 big eaters, but we're we're making a menu here, so we're just looking for some value before the the tournament starts uh, with with a with a delicious you know upfront menu, and then the meal will go how it goes, and we might on the fly make a, a couple of. Uh, you know, amendments and, and ads and subtracts as as we go along. We'll see which you know how how our golf bellies guide us, right? Right, brother. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I'm usually hungry, so. <laughs> well, this is why we get along. Usually so well. hungry. So <laughs> let let's get serious. We're going to do the epic flash uh, pick of the of the week. This is your and where you can have a, a couple few picks because again, like I say, we're great chefs. We're building menus. Epic Flash uh, Driver by Callaway, featuring the revolutionary Flash Face technology created using artificial intelligence and machine learning. You and I are using both of those techniques to try and come up with, with our picks here. Callaway uses those to promote faster ball speeds all across the face. The Epic Flash models continue to have the most worldwide wins of any driver model in 2019 it's the number one selling driver model in these United States, according to Golf Data Tech. And these are two names, Harry, that are playing the Epic Flash Sub-Zero. One name is Frankie Molinari, Frankie Onions, and the other is Xander Shoffley. Two interesting names. Now, I'm going to let you go first, and then I have a couple names that I'm going to share. What do you like? What are you doing here? I know we're, we're still building the menu, but let's let's start naming some names. Well, I'm gonna. It, it, unfortunately, you know, it's not great odds here, but it's ten to one. Brooks Kepka. Look, how he, he can't be denied. You just can't deny this guy. He's a major machine since 2015, the PGA Championship. 
He finished in the top 20 in 12 of the last 14 majors. And the two he didn't finish in the top 10, uh, top 20, he finished 21st and 39th. And obviously we know he's won three of the last five, which includes losing to Tiger by one stroke in this year's Masters. During this run of 15 majors, his average score on closing day on Sunday is an amazing 68.7. So you're only getting 10 to 1 for Kepka, but still. You can't. The guy is there no matter what. When it's major time, he shows up. He's there. Look, I also have at twenty-two to one. I've got Ricky Fowler. Ricky is thirty years old now. It doesn't seem like it, but he is. He's he's not no spring chicken anymore. He's thirty years old. And he still has zero majors. When is he going to break through? He's going to put himself in contention this week. I feel since he's fifth in the tour in scoring average at sixty-nine point seven. He's got a first in Phoenix this year. He's got a second, a fourth in 2019. He's got five top ten. Finished ninth at the Masters. Come on, Ricky. It's time, man. It's time. Be there on Sunday for everybody. I'm going to join you on a little Ricky love. He led the the event in 2016 through 54 holes at Bethpage. So we know that he's comfortable at Bethpage. And we also know this is a little bit of a sneaky stat to just add to the to the Ricky flavor seven top 20s in his last nine majors so if you're just clocking top 20s when you're playing major majors you're doing something right so I, I I like what you're you're the way you're thinking about Ricky especially at that price that's a good price right you know there. It, at 22 to one that's a heck of a price right and I'm not, you know what I'm also making I don't, I don't know why I always go back to the well here I'm making a case for Rory McIlroy uh, at 12 to wow. one you finished wow. yeah you know in two in 2009, for the U.S. Open, he finished 10th at that stage. He's uh, first on the tour off the tee, which will be extremely important for his confidence for a golfer who has always talked about, uh, you know, but Rory is in a major slump, if you want to call it that, in majors himself. He, it's been five years now since he won the Open in uh, Royal Liverpool, so it's been a little bit of a slump there for him. So let's see if playing in the States full-time pays off for Rory on this course. You know, Joe, I think Rory feels a little disappointed with the way he played at Augusta, and I think he's going to be focused here all four days. So let's see see if he can make a make a run come Sunday as well. Well, you know, it is funny. He did leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth with the way that he uh, finished at the, at the Masters, and it wasn't like his performance at Quail Hollow blew anybody away and, and immediately reminded everybody, but he still at the top of every statistical category that matters for this 2018, 2019 season. I mean, it's he's something, been, isn't it? So you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't, it's hard to point out bad things, but you know, he does get doubles when he, when he shouldn't be getting doubles. Uh, a lot of times it's eventually come back to haunt him because he's been great with the Eagles this year too. He, he's, he's right at the top of the leaderboard for Eagles uh, uh, on tour, but, but, the, but just it's, whatever it is, you're right. He's, his stats look great, but it's just, not equating to wins. Now, exactly right. Um, so I, I'm not touching Rory. Uh, I am going to put a little on on Fowler. And what I'm going to do with Kepka, I'm going to do the same thing with Kepka that I'm doing with Tiger. I'm going to play Kepka and Tiger both as top fives. And you know what else I'm going to do, H Dog? What's that? I'm going to par. I'm going to parlay those men. I'm going to parlay those oh. top fives. Tiger. I would hope, t- I would, Tiger. I would hope that you would. Yes. <laughs> why well, the parlay kid you know i know I, I i get a nod of approval from the parlay kid you take tiger top oh, yeah. five you parlay that with brooks kepka top five 
That is better than nine to one odds. And and all they have to do is feed T5 counts, Harry, right? Anything five to sure. one counts. So that, that's nine to one odds you get. I That makes me feel a little bit better value-wise and betting outright win because it's the the one challenge that we have with this in terms of betting the favorites in this event is it's it's different from the masters in in a in a couple different ways there first of all the field is like double the size of the masters and you know the a, a, a ton more guys get cut at this thing but it it is uh you know the the masters and, and augusta national provide because they play the exact same course every single year a certain level of predictability through a whole variety of of playing conditions so if you know generally what the weather's going to look like you can really kind of start funneling guys and come up with you know 10 to 15 contenders this thing because it's such a giant golf course and you know these the 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 uh, playing conditions are um, absolutely unprecedented in the sense that we don't have any data about Beth Page being played in May, and I feel like right. that might have an an equalizing effect that diminishes the value of the the um, the top guys here, the favorites, in a way that really produces just a, a you know a, a lack of value altogether. There's too much um, variability. There's too much unpredictability. We have for the first time. In the history of of uh, major tournament play, all 100 of the top 100 players in the official World Golf Rankings are in this event. So you just I, my concern is that the the venue and the weather are going to represent kind of a great equalizer and level a playing field and make it a sort of a a, a kind of a venue opportunity for all like maybe up to 30 guys, maybe 35 guys. And very plausible to me that a first-time winner. That's why I liked your 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 Ricky Fowler play. Now, so for me, I have two guys that I'm looking at. One of them is a guy who just keeps playing great at U.S. Opens, and because there is kind of a, a, a tension here with the Beth Page Black venue, all it does is you know it's been it's been a U.S. Open. Host, and we know sort of ideology-wise that the USGA and the PGA, the PGA of America, wants these guys to go out and show their skill. They want to encourage birdies, but Beth Page Black is not a golf course <laughs> for for birdies. Par is a good score on on these holes. I think that the total, the winning score, is going to be in the four under or five under or six under max range. They're playing it at par seventy, which is the way they played the U.S. Opens. So I look for a guy with genuine chops in U.S. Opens and a name in a, in a price range that I like is Tommy Fleetwood, available at 30 to 1. He just hosted the British Masters last week uh, in, in the U.K. He finished inside the top 10, so he was, he's, he's very much in form. You know, he, uh, an inside the top 10 finish going along with all of his uh, uh, hosting duties we know what he's done the last two U.S. Opens. Uh, you know, beautiful performance at Shinnecock and an outstanding performance at Aaron Hills as well. And he is, you know, he's got a couple of great metrics that I like for this particular venue. He's fourth on tour in strokes gain T to green, and he's second in scrambling. I love this stat for this particular venue. 
I think scrambling for par at Bethpage Black is going to be a real pathway to success. The other guy I like is the X-Man. We can't, we can't sleep on the X-Man anymore. Now, I, I, I didn't sleep on him. I had him as a top 10 at the Masters at better than 3-1 to one odds. He hit. That was, a, that was a big winner. And he was really sniffing around on Sunday. I had him. I pl- had played him. At, at better than 40 to one odds as a winner or a couple of moments there, I was like, is, is Xander Shoffley really going to win the masters? Now it, 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 it didn't happen, but you just can't ignore, you know, he, he's, he, 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 all he does is make the cut when he plays majors. All he does is collect top six finishes. He's played eight majors and he's finishing the top six in, in half of them. And the tournaments that he's won, he's won a WGC event. He's won the tour championship down in Atlanta, and he won the Tournament of Champions, which is a limited field thing out in Hawaii. He likes being on a big stage and, and you know, showing what he's got uh, uh, available right now at 28 to 1 odds. He also ranks inside the top 20 in two categories that are going to be important here, and I give a quick uh, tip of the hat to my boy Pat Mayo at FantasyNational.com, and I totally agree with this, this assessment. Uh, proximity gain from 75 to 100 yards, he's inside the top 20. Why is proximity gain from 75 to 100 yards relevant? Because, H-Dog, you're going to need him to, to, to be saving par from, from potentially the rough. Guys are going to have to chip out from bad lies in the rough at this thing and then get up and down from that, from that distance. The other thing he's got, he's inside the top 20 on uh, – uh, 200 plus yard shots. So, you know, this thing's got all these par fours that are 450, 500 yards long. You're going to have to hit long irons. I, this inside the top 20 for my main man, Xander Shoffley, I like it very much. He is available right this second at 28 to one. The X man is my second epic flash pick of the week. I'll tell you what I like. I like that too. I mean, you can't deny the guys, uh, He's got four. He's only 25. He's got four tour victories. Uh, and like you said, they haven't been, these are meaningful wins too. These are big tournaments that he steps it up at. You know what? Uh, I think he's a quality play. Definitely a 28 to one. That's spectacular value. So let, let, let's, we, we've got those picks out of the way. Uh, we compare notes ahead of time. Let's, let's have some fun. Let's go ahead and give out some stuff uh, here that, 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 that might catch folks. Uh, it's off the beaten path kind of stuff. We both like sure. a, a couple guys in that in that top twenty category. Who do you have? Uh, let, let me hear you in, in in your top twenty kind of plays. What are you looking at? Yeah, real quick. You know, I got two guys here. Number one, I got a uh, Francesco Molinari. He had a great Masters, but still, I'm sure he's still feeling the sting from folding on the back nine at Augusta, and he can't wait for Thursday. So at minus one twenty five. I like him for the top 20 and on against all odds, our podcast uh, with cousin Sal. I know you like Sergio a lot. I like Sergio. Uh, like, like I said, I, I texted you last night. He was plus plus one seventy yesterday uh, in the afternoon. And then all of a sudden you give out the winner. You are, you give out this pick and now all of a sudden people are all over your pick and shot it down to plus plus one thirty. So I like that too, though, at the top, uh, as a top 20 pick, I like Sergio. He finished uh, uh, in the at the U.S. Open in 2009 at Bethpage Black. He finished 10th there. He's 14th on uh, tour uh, tee to green, 
which will help him impre- uh, impressively eighth in scoring average. I just think that, you know what, lately he's been playing well finally. It's been a while for him to get rolling, but he finished fourth in the Wells Fargo Championship, second in New Orleans. Now let's keep an eye out for this almost 40-year-old uh, ex-Masters champion. I think Sergio hangs around and gets something done here and plays well. And a plus whatever you can get it at, plus 130, plus 170, top 20, I think Sergio hangs this time. So look, when it comes to Sergio, six straight missed cuts at the majors, and we heard Justin Ray 48 over par. That is not a great major track record. But what we like about Sergio is he's clearly comfortable at Beth Page Black. Three straight top 10 finishes. And so all we're talking about here is a top 20 play at plus odds. I think if there's going to be a place where he snaps out of this string of bad major performances, Beth Page Black, a top 10 place for Sergio, could be it, Harry. The other guy that I'm going to play as a top 20, he's still available. I'm looking right now, available at nearly two to one odds. He's plus 197. And and this is a, you know, this is a hit or miss. But he has good performances at 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 uh at Beth Page, and that is Bubba Watson. Bubba's played three times at at Beth Page, and all three of his finishes inside the top twenty. We also know that the thing that holds Bubba back is his putting, but there is a a, a, a significant difference in his uh, strokes gained putting. When he's putting on the greens that consist of the grass that is present at Beth Page Black, and that is the Poa Anua. Now, I'm sure that I mispronounced it, but the two times this year that Bubba has putted on Poa, that's at the Genesis in Riviera uh, out there in Los Angeles, and then at the WGC event down in Mexico, he was he gained strokes putting against the field on the on that surface. So I just feel like you know, any guy with a track record at this venue playing it in a, a few different uh, conditions of inside top 20 finishes, and I can get nearly two to one odds on a top 20 finish. Yes, I like that. Please sign me up for a little Bubba action. All right. All right. So, so we've got our top 20s. Let's talk about some other uh, fun stuff that you have going here, Harry. You know what? Uh, I've looked at the odds, and I think I'm definitely going to jump on this one. And that's top Asian. I'm oh. I'm going to take one of your buddies, one of your guys that you really, uh, you really have uh, told me that you uh, you follow and like. I'm going to take Kierdeck Affy Barnrat. I'm going to take the Barnrat at eleven to one as top Asian. Look, he's too good of a golfer house to pass on these type of odds, and he's coming off a top five finish at the Byron Nelson. And meanwhile, Hideki Matsuyama is the favorite at plus two twenty five for top Asian. But you know what? Let's based on past, that's all based on past history. Uh, that those odds, because the truth, he hasn't been playing that well for a while now. This season, Matsuyama is 122nd in driving accuracy, and get this, Matsuyama is 165th in putting. Meanwhile, the Barn Rat is third, third on tour in putting. I'm going to take him at 11 to one for top Asian. Uh, and I'll try it. You know, that is unbelievable value when you got about, I want to say you've got about eight guys you're looking at. Uh, one, two, yes. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys you're looking at. But also, you know, you can basically throw out Y Yang, you, uh, you know, and, and then Jazz, 
Genoa Tanda. I mean, I, I, those guys are, you know, I know Wei Yang's won it before, but uh, he hasn't been, he hasn't done anything since he won it. So I think, you know, you got a couple other guys. CT Pan is a good golfer. He won this year. Kang won last week, impressive fashion, as he was, uh, he was uh, uh, hung on on Sunday. But still, I think at 11 to 1, that is some odds for Kirida. I agree. When, when you're only talking about 10 golfers getting a, odds that are nearly this, the identical, they're better odds than what Tiger Woods and, and, and Brooks Kepka are getting to beat the entire 156 player field. I'm right there with you on, on, on the barn rat. I, I love that. And, and, I mean, and I mean, you know, I mean, Matsuyama has not been significant for quite some time now. Really hasn't. Everybody keeps waiting for him to to come back. He's allegedly healthy. He just can't putt at all. He can't putt to save his life. And and you know this is not. Uh, it, it, maybe he, it, he'll surprise us, but I don't think this is the venue yeah. where it all comes together for him. Right. I just think at eleven so, to one, you, get, you can't pass that up. So you you propose something that I that I like uh, quite a bit, and and you you said let's let's do a, a speed round prop bet contest. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm all in on this. I mean, I, I just, you, 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 you blew my mind with this and, and, and I'm ready, uh, to, to go with you. Should we alternate our, our, our picks so that we, or are we going to end up with the same picks, uh, on this? How are we going to do it? Uh, you know what? I was just thinking like, if, if I, if I rip the, I got 10 props here. If I rip them off you next time, next, whenever we hook up, if we're going to meet up in, uh, in LA in a couple of weeks, we'll have a, whatever, a couple of beers, a couple, of couple cocktails for the, you know, for the, uh, the winner of this. And I'm, I'm going to base it on your pick. So if you have, uh, you have more winners than losers, I'm buying. If you have more losers than winners, you're buying. How's that sound? Yeah. Well, uh, I want to make sure one thing, I am very much agreeable to the cocktails, but we also got to eat. And, and, uh, I just want to make sure you're eating cheeseburgers, right? You're not on the Brooks Kepka diet. Um, uh, you know what? I should be, but no, I'm not. I, I need to be, but I'm not. <laughs> well, he's uh, off that diet know, now too. Right. So, uh, I'll rip through these and we'll, we'll have some fun with this. Does sound good? I love it. Hit me. Okay. Here we go. Like, uh, I got 10, uh, 10 props here and here we go. Number one, yes or no. At some point during the tournament, will there be a hole in one? I say no. What do you say? Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to say no as well. I'm going to say no as well. Uh, the, the, all the par threes are going to play over 200 yards. They're going to be impossible. I think it's going to be tough. Right. You know, um, number two, will there be a playoff? Wow. So this one, I like quite a bit. Uh, and in fact, what's the prop? Let me see what the odds are on this. Cause this might be a prop yeah. that I, that I can sort of get myself in, 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 uh, in touch with, will there be a playoff is plus 300 for yes. Uh, it's not very good odds. Uh, right. I'd like it better if it was closer to like five to one than I would play it. But I, I honestly think that there is going to be a playoff at Beth page black. Ooh. I just think the quality of the field and the great equalizer of this venue in these conditions, I just really, I, I, and I'm rooting for it, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm psyched for it. House is a yes for a playoff. All right. You know what? I, I got to jump on with you. I'll, I'll take yes too, just because I'm going to be there. So I'm, why wouldn't I want to see it? I'm going to be there. Right. I will How about be that? there Saturday and the Sunday. The degenerate so trifecta. I want to see that. Yeah, right. Saturday and Sunday. You, the the, the, oh, come on. I didn't do anything. The, 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 
the degenerate trifecta of against all odds on the grounds at Beth Page Black Saturday and Sunday when it when all the stuff is shaken out and shaken down. Now I I, I asked Cuz what the for a prop on what one of you guys might yell. Uh, you know, after after the the drive, you know, what what's the first thing somebody's going to yell? Um, and we didn't we didn't come up with a good answer. I was I told him I was going to ask if you would somebody would yell fairway rolling. I, you know what? I'm out of the three of us to be honest. I'm the only one who has guts to do that. Those two don't have the guts to do that. <laughs> Plus, they're they're Long Islanders. They live there. They got to be cool. They got to be mellow. I don't. I don't have to be anything. I could I could get in some trouble. You know, as far as you I, could be I, you. I'm concerned. I don't care. Yeah, I could be me. Yeah. I'll be wearing. Uh, I could be wearing. I'm looking. By the way, I'm looking for orange pants. I'm, I want to go Ricky Fowlerish. Can't find okay. any, but uh, I'm looking for. I should have probably taken care of this ahead of time. I wanted to go a little orange <laughs> on orange. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. They might happens. have Maybe that at the something before. Get in the merchandise tent. They they love Ricky. I mean, you know, you, you'll be able to pull pull something together if 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 all else fails. Just go to the merch tent at the PGA. You'll you'll find something good there. All right, let's keep going. They got waste. They, they got waste forty fours there. I got to make sure they're forty fours, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, number three. Let's see here. Uh, we got a. Uh, will the winner be in the final group in the final round? So since I'm expecting there to be a playoff, I think the right thing to say to this one is yes. I think the winner will be in the final group of the final round. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm gonna I'm, just to change things up. I'll, I'll go with a no on that one, just for the heck of it. Okay, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, uh, number yeah. four. What country will the winner be from? So this is a prop that I like. Let me see what the price is of this right now. Um, the the nationality of the winner, USA, right now is minus one forty, and and uh, the field is plus one ten. I like the United States uh, for the nationality of, of the winner at minus one forty. I'm going to play that prop because of of what we get uh, out of that. All mm-hmm. all of the the mega wattage you get DJ, you get Tiger, you get Brooks, you get my man uh, Xander. I mean, there there is a, a lot. You get Ricky, lot of lot of quality. If you go wow. with uh, the United States, that's going to be my pick for for nationality of the winner. A lot of good there too. I know I went with uh, I, I gave out Fowler, I gave out Kepka, and I gave out Rory. Uh, I got aside with the U.S. too. I, I mean, I, I just, you have to. It's too many good golfers. Too many. Now uh, well, we're, for number, so we're in a lot of agreement. There. I know, I know. We're going to face. I'm going to go against you in both these. Oh, I'll, I'll go against you in these next two because uh, we'll, we'll switch it up here. Now, who finishes better, Rose or Rom? Well, I, I'm I'm feeling. St- such ill will towards uh, Justin Rose after his no show mm. at, at the Masters, and he, and and he, he was really, really poised. Oh, he cooked me. You know my 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 six way make the cut parlay. He 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 just burned it to, to to ashes. I took that that ticket and put it right in the toilet. Uh, I'm going with John Rom. John Rom, I got very close to uh, giving out as as one of my picks. I mean, he's he's got. Uh, he's, he's starting to string together some nice performances in the majors. He top 10 at the, uh, masters. He fits the off the T, uh, metric pretty well. He gets, he's, he's got all that long game and, you know, uh, temperament wise, um, there isn't really anything you can point to since, since the players, you know, he's still finding his way and he's available at 20 to one to win. I'm taking John Rahm over Justin Rose. Okay, and I'm going to take Rose just to go against you, just so we got a couple of disagreements here. Uh, number <laughs> well, <it's>, six, <laughs> number six, same thing. Who finishes better, Tony Finau 
for Tommy Fleetwood. Well, you you know that I gave out Fleetwood as a potential. I know you gave out thing. Fleetwood. So I'm 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 sticking with my man uh, uh, Fleetwood. Okay, and I gotta uh, I'll go the other way just to have a little action. I, I'll take Fino on that. I'm not now. We're up to number seven. There's nothing to, bad to say about Tony. If you you know another guy that's around the the hoop uh, every major now it seems, and and uh, his Masters performance was pretty great. Um, the fact that he wasn't able to hang in there against the Tiger Mystique on Sunday it really is is no knock. He still finished uh, top five. But um, you know, I I I'm I, I think and Tommy got, Fleetwood's got got the background to win this giant tournament. So that that's why I'm sticking with Fleetwood. All right, number seven here. Okay, we got top Canadian boy Corey Connors or Adam Hadwin. So it it it, it hurts me to go against my boy Hattie. Uh, he was on the Shack House podcast uh, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. A terrific uh, Canadian. Um, and, and also a guy with a, some PGA tour wins, but, but Corey Connors has a more recent win and Corey Connors through three rounds at the masters was poised to help me collect on my nearly nine to one odds ticket for a top 20 finish. He couldn't pull it off. He shot something up very close to 80 on Sunday, but, uh, I'm going to go with, with Corey Connors here. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, you're going to go Connors. I'll take uh, I'll take Adam Hadwin. I'll take Hadwin. He's solid a lot of times. I lo- he is solid. I love Hattie. I, yeah, you won't get me to say you a know? bad thing about him. All right, well, we All got right, a couple yeah, left yeah. here. What are we doing? Two left. Will leader after the after thir- after Friday's round be European? Wow. So this is a good. Uh, this is an interesting one. Through thirty six holes, and it seems like draw wise, and we should look at the some of these names. Uh, uh, it seems like. The guys that are playing in the morning on Thursday and the afternoon on Friday have, at this moment, well, weather-wise, the better side of the draw because it looks like there's rain in the forecast for Friday morning. And I, mm-hmm. I haven't uh, had a chance to update to see minute by minute how that's changing, but there's a possibility in the forecast that I saw a bit ago for some like serious kind of rain coming down for, for different portions of, of Friday. So I, 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 we need to look at the, at the draw, um, to, to really fine tune this. But I, I think, uh, after Friday's round, will a leader be European, you know, a name that I like for, for, for this coming out of the box that, that, uh, you, you kind of had him, um, circled here. I, I like Frankie Molinari as a potential 36 hole, leader a guy that's going to be super super steady he's definitely playing he's got that morning afternoon uh combo draw and um you know he's playing with brooks and tiger and you know who's who's not going to be affected at all by playing with two giant superstar titans of the game they're going to be hitting the ball 100 yards past him that's frankie onions frankie onions does not yeah. give a f harry he'll be right there with them will the leader after friday's round be european I'm not only am I saying yes, I'm giving the name. It's Frankie Onions, the 36 hole leader. How about that? You know what? I'm nice. Nice. I like yes too. And you know, uh, I like yes. And you know, some someone who's been uh, hasn't been talked about lately, but sometimes he really shows up. And he had a, he's had a good beginning part of the season. Not so much lately, but look for Paul Casey to maybe show uh, show something. You know, uh, of of. Uh, of late and uh, maybe on uh, this tournament because he hasn't been playing so spectacular lately, but look out for uh pop football, Paul Casey leading after Friday's round. Now, number 10, number 10, here's yeah, a little fun it. with this one, buddy. Here's another one. Will either one of these 
past champions. Will any one of these past champions make the cut? We've got BJ Singh, Sean McKeel, Y.E. Yang, or John Daly and his cart, which is some story too, huh? <laughs> I, I so love any it. Of like, those look, guys make the cut. I want to talk about Daly's cart for just one second. This is a classic example of the PGA of America understanding their constituency. You got to give the people what they want. The people of of New York want to see John Daly if it means you know him on a cart that adds to the spectacle. It the whole point of this is to is a showcase for the for the PGA of America of all all its talent and the former champions. And if one of those former champions needs this uh, the 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 cart to be able to get around, it is a tough walk. I've been lucky enough to play Beth Page Black Carry, and let me tell huh. you, it is a long walk. If you've yeah. got leg trouble, this is not the golf course for you. I don't not not with even with the cart though. This golf course is a monster. It's a beast. I I the only one of these guys that has a chance is VJ and VJ does still. I think he's 54 55 now. He pounds the daylights yeah. out of the ball. I'm going to say no though. I I I'm going to disrespect the elders in this even though I'm an I'm officially an elder. Uh I'm going to disrespect them and say none of them are going to make the cut. Yeah, I'm going to go with no too. It's going to be uh like you said, VJ's the only one. I- I've, I've, I've been right next to VJ when I've seen the uh, tournament in Vegas. He's a huge guy. He's a big guy. But I, uh, but but you know, he's had a couple moments of the past year where he's been, you know, a little flashes at the top of the leaderboard here and there at the PGA more than uh, actually he plays better in the PGA than when he does than he does the seniors and the Champions Tour a lot of times. But I'm going to still say no as well. It's going to be tough. Yeah. All right. Well, we we have the there's our ten. We'll we'll go through this uh, and we'll be paying close attention as the tournament develops. Here we're really only different on uh, five of these. Well, so half of them. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're there. There is going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser because um, we have an odd number here. That's nice. Even I can figure out that math, Harry. Watch Watch Justin Rose screw you again. He'll be the difference. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be so so on on the money. But speaking of on the money. You can check out Harry's picks. He's going to lay out his beautiful winner's menu uh, late Wednesday, uh, so you can, you know, if you can, you can hold out there and be patient. Harry at AAO Harry, and I'm at House from DC. I also will be doing my best to put out a menu of of winners. Harry, as always, my brother. Thank you, and let's produce a little ROI. Hey, thanks, House. I'm like I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be a blast. I'm leaving Friday. I'll be there, like I said, Saturday and Sunday. Thanks for everything. We'll we'll see how things uh we'll see how these picks go. But you know, let's have fun. This is what it's all about. We're going to have fun, and we'll be looking for you in some orange pants out there on television at Beth Page. Sounds great, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. All right, there you go, my par saving pals. That's the best we can do. Lots and lots of considerations, angles. And thoughts. We want everybody to to get a strong return on investment this week. Let's all have great ROI. We will be back right after the tournament ends Sunday evening. We're going to sit down and do a quick recap of the new champion for the PGA Championship. It could be an old champion. It could be the same champion. It could be Brooks Kepka again. Who knows? 
but let's get back together Sunday evening, fairway rolling. We'll get this thing up uh, with, a, with a retake on all that has occurred over the previous four days. We'll be talking about the new champion. Check it out Sunday night right after the tournament ends. Until then, my birdie buddies, let's hit them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.